0: Well, welcome back, everyone, to episode 13 of Oi with the Terror Already. I'm one of your hosts, Sandra.
1: I'm your other host, Danielle.
0: And we're excited um, because we also have more international listeners. So thank you to our listener in Australia. That's very exciting. And Germany. Germany, yep. And more listeners in the U.S. Uh, We're all really excited that some people seem interested in what we're doing and apparently are telling other people, which is good. So,
1: And we will, at least I'm doing this maybe like unconsciously, but my story is related to one of our listener states. So I guess we could appease the the (laughs) listeners and like do their countries and
0: states and things. Mine is... (laughs) That's great, though. But mine, yeah, mine is actually international. I think it's okay. a Slavic legend. Um, I've never heard of it before. I did some research. And by research, I mean, I just randomly put in like international folklore in Google and it came up and it was really interesting. Oh,
1: so it's not the one that I told you about. No,
0: I'm going to wait, I think, and do that <laughs> one. I was, I was
1: going to say, I know.
0: <laughs> I was thinking of doing another one. But then, mm. like, it just had a lot of pieces to it. And I was like, I don't know if I have the attention span right now <laughs> to, like, mm. get all the pieces together. So I think I'm going to hold off on that one, too. But we also did get our first piece of email. So that's exciting from a good <laughs> a good friend of ours. So that's cool. Um, so, yeah, again, if you guys have any – topics you want to have us discuss or anything you want us to look into or if you have your own creepy weird stories please let us know uh we'd love to read them and share them
1: yes if you don't feel comfortable with us saying your name we can just say anonymous yep
0: but... or just let us know and just say <laughs> do not say this is from me and we will not say the name yep so i guess i will go first this week um so my the legend is called the Black Annis and as I said before, it's more of like a Slavic-German legend. It's kind of like our version of Hansel and Gretel, of the mm. old, creepy woman who lives in the woods and lures children, and then she eats them. You look very confused, Danielle.
1: Because <laughs> it sounds exactly <laughs> like the suggestion I had for you, which was the Russian lady that's like the witch from Hansel and Gretel.
0: Are you thinking of the Baba Yaga?
1: Yeah, this is oh, like the apparently German version of. It. Maybe every country has a version of this.
0: Maybe. It's, I did. Actually... Yeah, you were
1: like, "Oh yeah, I might do that one later," but this one's Slavic, so I was like, "Maybe it's still the same one."
0: Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. No, I it think it
1: has a different name to it. I guess. Yeah.
0: This one. Yeah. So. <laughs> I guess she's similar to, like, our Hansel and Gravel and then the, the Baba Yaba, which I almost actually did, um, but then I came up, I found this one, and I was like, oh, this is okay. interesting. So, um, yeah. apparently the Anis part, and excuse my pronunciation if I'm not pronouncing this correctly, um, is referred to as being derived from Anu, although Anu was the Celtic goddess of fertility. The Lack... Anna, she's also known as Black Agnes or Black Anna, is a boogeyman type figure in English folklore, and she's actually imagined as a blue-eyed, or a blue-faced hag or witch. She has iron claws and a taste of human flesh, uh, particularly children. She is said to haunt the countryside of Lustershire, living in a cave in the Dane Hills with a great oak tree at the entrance. She is also said to venture out at night looking for unsuspecting children and lambs to eat, then tanning their skins by hanging them on the tree before wearing them around her waist. She actually is known to reach inside houses to snatch people. And legend also has it that she used her iron claws to dig her cave out of the side of a sandstone cliff, making herself a home from which she is, no- which is known as the Black Annis Bower Clothes. Um, other traditions stated that when she would grind her teeth, people could hear her, giving them time to bolt their doors and keep away from the windows. And it's also said that the cottages in Leicestershire were, per- were purposely built with small windows so the black anise could only get one single arm inside. When she howled, she could be heard about five miles away. Then the people in their cottages would fashion would fasten skins across the window and place a protective herb above it to keep themselves safe. She also controlled the seasons and the weather and was also known as the goddess of earth and sky, moon and sun. Another way that she kind of may have come about is to be derived from the aniseed. The aniseed was believed to avert the evil eye, and on one hand it is used to protect a magician from evil spirits, while on the other hand it is used to call forth the friendly ones. It is conceivable that the aniseed was used to drive away the witch of the cave. And there was a really big thing about her legend with cats, and how she would kind of... Either turn into a cat and lure the children or like use the cats to kind of lure the children. Um, so there's a lot of connection to her with cats. There's also a black anise hunt that is held every May day to chase the summer hare. Um, the black anise is a Midland winter hag or figure or fairy, and the hunt actually symbolizes the end of her winter reign and the start of the summer. So some of the other things that I found interesting about the Black Annis was that she has been connected to kind of a lot of, well, not like media, but like more modern things as well. So apparently, she actually foretold the death of King Richard III. um, And that his, so I guess his foot got stuck on a stone pillar on the bridge I guess he was on a bridge that rode over the Leicester Bow Bridge on the way to the Battle of Bosworth in 1585. And the Black Annis said that on his return, it would be his head that hit the stone. And I guess that came true. So in a way, it's kind of weird that she was able to, like, foretell that would happen. The other thing that Mm -hmm. I found interesting was that there is a connection between the Black Annis and Macbeth. And it's actually, I don't know, because I think you read Macbeth, too, in high school. I think we had to read it for Barlow.
1: Yeah, the one with the lady washing her hands a lot. Yes. Or the guy yeah. washing his hands. Someone wash their hands. Someone, yeah,
0: someone washed their hands. But there's the, I think it's the first, I think it's, like, the act one, scene one, and you've got the three witches, and they're doing, like, the bubble, bubble, toil and t- trouble thing. Like, they're saying oh, that something's yeah. gonna happen to Macbeth, That's and they're, awesome. like these three old Mm -hmm. hags, apparently um, it is said that Black Annis was portrayed as those three witches from the beginning. It looks like William Shakespeare actually took the story of Black Annis and he used it in Macbeth to kind of create the characters of the three witches and that's what inspired him to do Hmm. so. There's also been other stuff too about her where it's said that there's more than one. It's said that she lives with two other sisters and that they're all together, the Black Annis, which makes sense if William Shakespeare used three different witches but yeah it, def- it definitely gave me different kind of Hansel and Gretel vibes like looking about mm-hmm. her and like you said the Baba Yaga as well so I definitely think that maybe I think I want to say I think this story came first and then Baba Yaga but I could be wrong but I do think that at least like our version of like mm-hmm. Hansel and Gretel was definitely like the last one to come into play and may have been inspired by these stories so it's interesting to kind of see how every country or culture has like very similar mm-hmm. stories and kind of how they're a little bit different like the cat thing kind of threw me where it said that she transforms into cats and kind of lures children in mm-hmm. or away from their parents right. and into the woods um I don't think that's a thing with Hansel and Gretel, and I'm pretty sure that's not a thing with Baba Yaga. So <laughs> that was a yeah, little weird. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's kind of funny that all of these involve kids, because I feel like it's probably what parents told their kids, like, you better stay nearby or do mm-hmm. what I say or you'll get taken into the woods by a witch.
0: Yep. Because, you know, so. it ties into the whole witch, ta- like, witch folklore of, like, oh, they're... Mm-hmm. The odd one in town like they do weird things like they're not married they must be a witch like stay away from them
1: they like herbs
0: yeah a lot of herbs definitely a lot of healers back in the day that were mistaken as witches but I think it's just interesting also because it feels like a very early story regarding like stranger danger like yeah
1: you don't
0: know who this person is like don't talk to them don't follow them also I'm pretty sure I lived in the area of Leicestershire when I was in the UK for grad school, because I was at Loughborough, but like that's like kind of the Leicestershire area. Never heard Wait, of this legend.
1: How did she go from Austria or Germany to England?
0: So that was my mistake. Um, I thought I had in my notes that she was like a Slavic or German oh. thing, like I was myth. Say,
1: did she like go into a mirror or trunk and then someone opened it there? And then they're like, "Oh no!" I but, would hope not. Which that's terrifying. <laughs>
0: That's terrifying. You
1: know, yeah, that was my mistake. I, I, think, added that.
0: I think I confused the Baba Yaga with her. So she's a, she's an English, oh, like a British okay. English le- legend. So that's my ma- my bad guys. Um, but yeah, she's an English le- uh, legend. So, okay. but like living there, never heard of this. I lived there for a year in the Leicestershire area. <laughs> like never, never heard of this. So it's also interesting too, kind of like the design of the houses back then. And how Hmm. it said that, like, they had really small windows, so, like, you could only reach, like, one hand in, and you couldn't really, like, pull anyone. It's, like, who came up with that part of the story? Hmm. (laughs) So, all in all, like, definitely one of the more well-known legends, but also, like, I haven't heard of it by that specific name of the Black Anise. Oh,
1: I was going to say I might do the Leicestershire area, but I got that mixed up with Leeds. There's a famous killer from Leeds, so maybe I won't do Leicestershire.
0: I mean, you can. (laughs) I
1: don't know there's a crime, another crime from there.
0: It's funny that you say Leeds, because that's where my ex-brother-in-law is from.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it seems like a lot happens there, I think. I think there was something else from there, too.
0: Which is funny. Because I've been there, and it's a very kind of small, sleepy town. Like, it feels like not a lot. Yeah. It it didn't feel like a lot was happening in Leeds. I think the biggest attraction they had was a mall that had, like, a rock climbing wall. I remember that Mm -hmm. specifically. And I remember the train to get to Leeds was, like, an hour, hour and a half from London.
1: Well, haven't you seen Hot Fuzz? Everything looks normal during the day. But then at (laughs) night, everyone gets killed in the pubs. This was that night. <laughs> and then they turn into zombies and things.
0: I'll have to watch. I've never seen Hot Fuzz. I'll have to watch it. It's pretty funny. But
1: yeah, they always do stuff around pubs.
0: Well, in England, pubs, I mean, you, you always go to a pub. <laughs> yeah. Before COVID, you always went to a pub. That's now where all the shit goes down. That's where all like the haunted things are. It's all pubs. <laughs> You want to go to a haunted place? Go to a pub. (laughs) You want to see the site of a murder? Go to a pub. (laughs) So all you sent me for your story was a picture. (laughs) I don't even think I sent you anything for mine.
1: I know. Yeah, you haven't. I don't, maybe you did, like, once, but then you're like, oh, I can't send this to you, because then you'll automatically know, and when you tell me what the topic is, like, besides maybe the gargoyle one, I probably would have guessed gargoyle, but all the other ones <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have guessed. Like, if you sent a picture of a witch-looking lady, I wouldn't have been like, oh, you that's been the like, lady from Leicestershire.
0: No, you would have been like, <laughs> is this the Baba Yaga? Like, is this from the States? Like, what right. is going on? Because, again, it's like... Once again, it's, like, how every state in the U.S. has, like, a white lady. It's, like, every country has, like, an old hag that steals children.
1: I know. It's, like, I want to say it's, like, um, the only version I can think of where it's, like, a guy acting creepy as, like, a cautionary tale about kids is like, the Pied Piper. Mm -hmm. But I feel like all the other, yeah, the typical or classic type of story is usually, like, the old witch, basically. Yep. There weren't really a lot with, like, creepy men.
0: I mean, the only thing I can think of that's creepy that's male is, like, Slender Man. But that's oh, really yeah. recent. That's, like, in mm-hmm. the past, like, 10, 10-ish years? 15 years? But yeah, yep. Yeah, that and the Pied Piper. So maybe that's what I'll try to find next week. So if <laughs> any of you know, like, a creepy legend that involves a guy and that old hag, let us know. It
1: has <laughs> <'Cause laughs> have
0: to exist. They do, but I also feel like I have to be careful with my Google search. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just go into incognito mode. We've all done it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just be like <laughs> creepy men. Ghost tales. That might be taking me down a really scary rabbit hole for a bit.
1: Oh, I'm excited to see what you will find.
0: I am too. Stay tuned, guys. <laughs> Stay tuned till next week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to be continued.
0: Yep. Thank you. All right, so all you sent me was a picture of, like, a couple, and I said it was a a love interest question mark, and you were like, yep, that's all I got, so that's all I know.
1: I know. Well, (laughs) I was going, so, yeah, I was going to elaborate, and I was going to say, like, yeah, crime couple, but then I was worried that might give it away, but there probably are many crime couples. Can I make a guess? Sure.
0: Bonnie and Clyde?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. It's not like we've talked about them a lot or anything. We haven't,
0: but that's like the one crime couple that like comes to mind. I
1: know. So yeah, I'll actually like talk about that, why that is, how they're like still so famous to this day. But yeah, it's like crazy. Like, um, I think of this classic movie, I wrote the year of it later on. It's either from the 60s or 70s that like Faye Dunaway is in. How it's like such a good movie, her and Warren Beatty, and they play mm-hmm. Bonnie and Clyde. I still maintain that her wearing the beret is what inspired Patty Hearst. As she was like, this is what bank robbers wear. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) I think the only thing I know about Bonnie and Clyde is from the musical that came out a few years ago. Oh,
1: yeah. I'm going to talk about that too. Yeah. How like it's still a topic of interest for people. Mm -hmm. And apparently there's even a new movie that's coming out at some point. They started production 2018. That's exciting. So yeah, they're like still making movies and shows and stuff. About them, so like they're still a prevalent topic.
0: All right. Well, I'm sorry for guessing it, but I also got really excited.
1: <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say it on like the third paragraph yeah. part, so it wasn't gonna do a secret one or whatever. So yes, I basically doing research on Patty Hearst and the whole bank robber thing. Um, it was pretty fun to not do one just solely based on like killing and murder and stuff. Yeah. So I wanted to do another episode with a similar theme. So then it's like, I mean, obviously when you think of famous bank robbers, like Bonnie and Clyde usually come up in like the top three or top five.
0: Yeah, this is true.
1: Yeah. Um, blah, blah, blah. So I have a quote to start it off. It's a Merle Haggard song from, uh, I think it's called The Legend of Bonnie and Clyde. So here are a few lines. He wrote that Bonnie was a waitress in a small cafe. Clyde Barrow was the rounder that took her away. They both robbed and killed until both of them died. So goes the legend of Bonnie and Clyde. Hmm. So this is at the, the moment where I would have said, can you guess who this is? It's Bonnie <laughs> and
0: Clyde, <laughs> even though I just said it. <laughs> yeah, I would have been like, yeah, Bonnie and Clyde. Okay.
1: Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow were ultimately killed by officers after a massive manhunt on May twenty third, 1934 in Louisiana. Bonnie and Clyde met in Texas in January 1930, where Bonnie was 19 at the time and was still married to an imprisoned murderer. So one source I got said he was a murderer, and another source said he was a burglar. So one of those apparently... But he was in prison for something. Mm -hmm. And then at that time that they met, Clyde was 23 and unmarried. So Clyde Barrow was born on March 24th, 1909 in Telico, Texas. Shout out to our Texas listeners, because I saw that we have a few. Yay. Um, (laughs) Hopefully I'll say the names right. I know. He was born in Telico, Texas to farmers, Henry and Cummy Barrow, He was born into a poor but close-knit farming family. The family farm did not do well, though, because of droughts, and they eventually moved the family to Dallas. When Clyde was young, he had dreams of becoming a musician and learned to play the guitar and saxophone, and then he ended up leaving school at the age of 16. His older brother was Marvin Ivan Buckbarrow, and he impacted Clyde's life decisions heavily. Marvin and Clyde would often steal poultry and cars together, and this would later escalate to jailbreaks, raids, robbery, abduction, and murder. At the age of 17, Clyde has had his first official arrest for failing to return a rental car. So his brother, uh, who's later just known as Buck, will Mm -hmm. show up later on in the story, but he basically like joins the Barrow gang. So that's like they had a whole gang that Bonnie was a part of, but the gang didn't exist yet. It's just like the brothers were doing their own thing with thefts and burglaries at this point. So at the age of 20, in 1929, Clyde was considered a fugitive of the law and was wanted for several robberies. Clyde met Bonnie through a mutual friend in 1930 when she was a 19-year-old waitress. Three years before they started their courtship, Clyde was arrested for burglary and car theft. It was while he was in prison that Clyde fell hard for Bonnie while they were writing letters back and forth to each other and he felt overcome with heartache from their separation. So when Bonnie shared his feelings, much to the dismay of her mother, she referred to Clyde as her soulmate, and her mother was very disappointed because she was like, no, can't you do better? Bonnie was born on October 1st, 1920, in Rowena, Texas, to Emma and Charles Parker. Her father passed away when she was four years old and her fa- her family moved to Cement City, which is an impoverished suburb of Dallas because I guess her grandparents lived there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bonnie was known in school as a bright student who had an avid interest in poetry and literature. Um, she earned honors in her studies and physically she was petite and was known to be pretty. She had dreams of being an actress During her second year of high school, she was romantically involved with classmate Roy Thornton. In September of 1926, a few days before Bonnie's 16th birthday, they got married. And Bonnie even got a tattoo of their names on her right thigh. Wait, she was 16? (laughs) A few days before being 16, so I guess she was technically still 15. Is that legal? I know. i don't know texas in 1926 Mm. so yeah i guess so i I didn't say anything about it being illegal and then it actually said that she was married to him the whole time like they never divorced so i guess it was legal yeah so (laughs) and then also i don't know if i was more shocked by that or shocked by the fact that she had a pretty big tattoo because I don't know why, just the thought of people getting like tattoos, like big tattoos or tattoos in general in the 20s, to me that I feel like that might be a taboo type of thing. Oh, like, yeah. Tattoos weren't really popularized until maybe 20, 30 years ago. So the thought of someone in the 20s getting one, I'm all
0: like, oh, she must have been wild. Also, just like the methods that they probably use. Oh, yeah. Because like today. got all
1: infected and stuff.
0: Yeah, cause like today, I don't know. I feel like today they use like pretty good ink, and like they have really good, like yep. if you have the good ones, they have like really good tools, and they give you really right. good stuff to like help it heal. But back in the twenties, almost trying to do. I know. I
1: would not. Nope. Nope. And they probably only had like two color options. Yeah. Do you want red or black or a slightly lighter black? So yeah, I guess she was uh, audacious. Wow. Um, but ultimately, her marriage to Roy Thornton proved to be tumultuous, with him being physically abusive towards her. So they then went their separate ways, but the couple never divorced. In 1929, Thornton was sentenced to five years in prison for robbery. So yeah, here it says robbery. Um, And then another one said murder. Uh, So at that point, Bonnie moved in with her grandmother. And after that, Bonnie and Thornton never saw each other again. So going back to this is basically her uh, previous love life before she met Clyde. So that was in 29. And then she ended up meeting Clyde in 1930. And so Clyde was just sentenced to prison. And he finds he's falling deeper and deeper in love with Bonnie. They're writing steamy, passionate letters to each other, apparently. And Bonnie decides she has a brilliant idea of smuggling a gun into the jail to help Clyde and two of his other inmates escape. And this is on October 11th, 1930. And the escape works for a little bit. One week after his escape, Clyde, along with the two escapees, were apprehended. And he's then sentenced to 14 years in Easton. So Okay, so if this was a town in Mass, you'd say Eastum. If it's a town not en masse, it might be East Ham. So it's either East Ham or Eastum Prison Farm, where conditions were described as having very little space to yourself without any privacy. And I guess the main thing that prisoners did was just like a lot of farm work and a lot of uh, brutal labor. Mm -hmm. They basically tried to, like, wear them out so they would be too tired to do anything rebellious, I guess. Yeah. And sometimes they wouldn't even get fed and conditions were pretty bad. So Clyde was also actually uh, repeatedly sexually assaulted at the farm by another inmate. So it was also during this time where he was serving a sentence that Clyde and Bonnie's relationship continued blossoming even more. And as I mentioned, they had kept up a passionate correspondence with each other. And this reignited Clyde's thoughts about escaping from this place. He came up with an idea to avoid the grueling work necessary with the East End prison farm life and thought this could also get himself paroled. So he decided to, quote, accidentally have two of his toes cut off because this would would make him have a limp and then he wouldn't have to do the grueling labor, I guess. People didn't make great choices back then.
0: Two of his toes cut off?
1: Yeah, so either he did it himself or he had someone helping him with this. But it was like, he said it was an accident, but it was an intentional act. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Okay. He went through with this and it led to him having a permanent limp for the rest of his life. And it also made him uh, unable to drive with shoes on. I don't know why, but he had to drive wearing socks, so that's, like, a fun fact. Yeah, I guess shoes were too uncomfortable after this. Unfortunately for Clyde and his two toes, this plan was not even necessary because his mother already convinced the judge to grant him a parole, like, around the time that he did this. And then (laughs) he was released two weeks later in February of 1932, And he immediately reunited with Bonnie. At this point, Clyde actually tried working a normal job. And he started working at a glass company in Dallas. But then apparently the police there were harassing him so much that it made him lose his job. And, like, I couldn't find the details of how exactly, like, what they were doing, But they were bothering him so much, he lost his job. And then he figured, oh, I can never have a normal job after this. I have to become an outlaw. And then that's... I I don't know what happened.
0: I can't have a normal job, so I'm just going to become an outlaw.
1: Apparently the police were following him and bothering him. And somehow this affected his job or something. This is the point where he officially forms the Barrow Gang. Two months after he's released from prison, Bonnie joins the Barrow gang while on a crime spree in Tyler, Texas. Clyde and Bonnie's family tried to convince her against joining the gang, but she refused to listen to their pleas. So one of the reasons why Bonnie and Clyde are considered such a mainstay in stories is that they were creating a sort of like old school pr mm-hmm. they were creating a romantic and glamorous lifestyle where they just made it seem like it was full of adventure and intrigue um and Bonnie was actually like i mentioned in high school she always had a penchant for poetry and literature right so she actually wrote poetry while they were traveling and on the run and i don't know if is the right word <laughs> like it's like they're on vacation but while they're on the run, I guess it's, she was writing poetry of her thoughts and how they may be closer to mortality than they realize. Which shows like a kind of eerie, like Omni, mm-hmm. her being aware of yeah. them dying young type thing. And then they also found later on an under undeveloped film uh, in a camera that where she was like taking all these pictures of the two of them. And he was taking pictures of her and they're like posing with the guns and like, look at us with our giant guns. And then she's like jokingly pointing the gun at Clyde and he's like smiling or laughing. So it was like either they were bored or she just like thought it was funny because I mean it is funny. She wanted to be an actress. He wanted to be a musician. So maybe they kind of got off on the whole like, We don't have a nine to five. Mm -hmm. We're living an adventure type. So they're like also playing into the whole like romanticized image they Mm -hmm. were portraying.
0: Right.
1: But in actuality, the couple led a less than glamorous lifestyle while they're on the run. They often ate sardines, bathed in rivers and would drive throughout the night, like taking turns while other people slept. Mm -hmm. Once Clyde got his gang in action, he killed a police officer and a store owner and This is what made him a highly wanted man by the authorities, and this put a price on his head. It was at this point they attempted to keep things quiet with their crime spree for a little bit. In the spring of 1933, Clyde and Bonnie, with a gang member named W.D. Jones, moved in with Buck Barrow, going back to Clyde's brother, and his wife Blance in Joplin, Missouri. But shortly after they moved in, neighbors were growing suspicious of this, like, gang that was living next to them. And police arrived. And this started the first of many shootouts in this story. (laughs) The result of the shootout was that the four outlaws escaped. So I guess the four outlaws were W.B. Jones, Buck Barrow, Clyde, and Bonnie. It sounds like Blanche was with them also, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Either she wasn't participating in the shooting or robbing because it, it seems like she wasn't really considered as bad of an outlaw as the other three. Interesting. Um, or other four. So then also a result of the shootout was that two officers were left dead as well as the role of film that was undeveloped that I mentioned earlier, with mm-hmm. all the photos that Bonnie took of Clyde and vice versa. In July 1933, police officers found the group in Platte City, Missouri, where another shootout occurred. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buck was seriously wounded at this point. And then a few days after this, he and his wife Blanche surrendered to the authorities and uh one of the sources i found was basically like a series of pictures that showed like gang members and there was one photo that i think was at the same moment where buck and blanche are getting arrested and it shows uh his wife blanche like being held by two officers and she has these like big black sunglasses on Mm -hmm. and you can see she's like screaming or something And then the caption says that apparently during the shootout at some point, some glass hit her face and she was like temporarily blinded. So then when, oh, there were also apparently photographers or press were following this going on. So they were snapping photos, like, you know, those old fashioned Mm -hmm. cameras where it's like the loud popping noises. Yeah. So because she couldn't see, she thought that the sound of the photos being taken was more shooting. So apparently the picture of her like looking scared or screaming is because she thinks that there's shooting going on but it's actually the photographers. So it's like wow that's crazy. That's nuts. And then so Buck and Blanche surrendered but Bonnie Clyde and W.D. Jones escaped yet again. Buck's injury was so bad I think he was shot in his head that he ended up dying shortly after of his wounds and Blanche ended up being sentenced to 10 years in prison. Jones split up with Bonnie and Clyde, but was captured by authorities in November. In January of 1934, Clyde helped to coordinate a jailbreak for a former accomplice from East Ham, or Eastham. During this one, a prison guard was killed, and Clyde, along with his friends and other inmates, fled. One of the escapees, named Henry Methvin, quickly joined the Barrow Gang. It was at this point, things were looking increasingly more precarious for Bonnie and Clyde. A former Texas Ranger captain named Frank Hammer, along with his own posse, were in hot pursuit of the Barrow Gang. Hammer had a reputation for hunting criminals and uh, boasted killing 53 men as a Ranger. Methvin and Clyde killed two highway patrolmen on April 1st, 1934, in Grapevine, Texas, with Methvin killing a constable uh, a day later in Commerce, Oklahoma. To escape the increasing pressure they felt by the Texas Ranger and his posse, Bonnie and Clyde sought refuge at Methvin's family farm in Louisiana. Things quickly went sideways for the Barrow Gang, when Methvin's father betrayed the outlaws in exchange for amnesty for his son. And he betrayed them by telling Hammer, the Texas Ranger, that the outlaws were hiding out on his farm. So (laughs) it gets even slightly more crazy at this point. On May 23rd, 1934, Bonnie and Clyde were driving down a back road in Louisiana, when they spotted Methvin's father standing next to his broken-down truck. The outlaw couple um, slowed down to aid him, not knowing that a posse of officers led by Hammer were lying for them in wait. The police opened fire, and the couple were killed in the hail of bullets. They were so well-known at the time of their deaths that, quote, souvenir-seekers, immediately swarmed the scene of the shooting. And this is where it gets pretty dark and gross. People were snatching locks of their hair, pieces of clothing, and one apparently even cut off uh, one of Clyde's ears. What? People even tried taking um, Bonnie's wedding ring from her husband because she never divorced and she and Clyde never got married. So she still wore her wedding ring, and people tried taking that off of her. Um, Their bodies were brought to Dallas, and despite their wishes to be buried together side by side, they were interred in separate cemeteries. And Bonnie actually, one of her poems called The Trail's End, sort of talks about her acceptance or knowing that they probably will have an untimely end mm-hmm. so here are a few lines from the poem quote someday they'll go down together they'll bury them side by side too few it'll be grief to the law a relief but it's death for bonnie and clyde end quote so yeah it seems like they are sort of always aware that death would likely happen to them sooner rather than later Mm -hmm. and it was just a part of their adventurous outlaw lifestyle and yeah despite the level of violence with the crimes and the less than glamorous realities of their lifestyle bonnie and clyde was heavily romanticized by the media even during the time they were running from the authorities they were basically seen as celebrities The 1967 film from Arthur Penn starring Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty is a classic. And then there's a, this may have been the last one you were talking about, in 2011 there was a Broadway musical. Yep. And in 2013 there was a uh, made-for-TV miniseries with Holiday Granger starring as Bonnie and Emile Hirsch starring as Clyde. And then, yeah, apparently in 2018, a film, a new film based on Bonnie and Clyde apparently started production, and that's starring Kevin Costner, Woody Harrelson, and Kathy Bates. Wow. So apparently, if you want to see the bullet-ridden car for yourself, it's at a casino somewhere outside of the Las Vegas
0: area. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's basically it. Wow. Wow. It's funny, because, like, obviously, out of all of, like, the crime couples, they are definitely still the most famous. And, like, I know of them, but, like, I didn't really know what they did. I just, like, or you refer to them and, like, oh, it's, like, Bonnie and Clyde. Like, I think it's, like, a reference in, like, a ton of shows or a ton of movies. But to actually, like, hear the story...
1: Yeah. And like the gang, I think it started either 29 or 30. Mm-hmm. So basically, the the Barrow gang really only existed for about four or five years. So it's not like they were doing it for that long. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't know why just around the 20s or 30s. I feel like one of the main things you think about is like gangsters and shootouts. Yep. I don't know, police really liked tailing, like, other people in cars and just shooting after much they could, and, like, this is normal police things.
0: Well, it's funny. to understand. It's funny when you said that he cut off two of his toes. Yeah, just
1: to avoid the hard labor.
0: Because, like, for me, like, with, like, the folklore bit that immediately reminded me of the original story of Cinderella where one of the stepsisters like one of them cuts off like their heel so their foot can fit into the glass slipper oh, and my then God. the other one like cuts <laughs> off their toes so their foot can fit into the glass slipper obviously it doesn't work cuz blood and the prince like notices it and he's like no this isn't the girl like i got to go back but that's like what it reminded me of was like a, the original Cinderella <laughs>
1: Yeah, they probably also didn't feel comfortable driving cars after that.
0: Well, I mean, because, like, <laughs> you don't think about it, but you do kind of need all of your toes, especially, like, on your right, right foot. Or if you have, like, a stick, like, both feet.
1: Yeah. Life was hard then. Oh, I didn't mention this, but also apparently at one point while they're on the run, so it must have been, like, after 30, maybe it was 31, 32, Bonnie had a pretty bad accident. I guess Clyde was known for driving very quickly, unsurprisingly, because he got away a lot. Mm-hmm. And at one point, he missed it like a detour sign or something like don't turn here sign. So he and Bonnie ran off the road and uh, battery acid got on her leg. And wow. apparently because they're on the run for the- all these years and whatever, they were kind of trained and in- I don't know, medicine or how to, like, heal some wounds because they couldn't go to a hospital if they were ever injured for anything. Mm -hmm. So they kind of knew how to deal with, like, if you were grazed by a bullet or injuries or whatever. So they kind of knew how to help her. Like, they had to, like, run and carry her somewhere because her leg was all messed up. And, like, they kind of were able to heal her, but not as well as probably a hospital. Mm -hmm. And basically after that, she... I don't know, this one sort of said that she basically like hopped the rest of her life instead of walking because it like ate through her skin a little bit and stuff. Uh, and so it's just like, wow, you uh
0: you don't think of that stuff when you hear <laughs> like no. a glamorous outlaw couple. Because that's how they describe it, though. And like, especially I've never seen the Broadway musical, but I know of it and I know the music and it definitely seems like a more glamorized Yeah. Like, it definitely talks about some of the hardships they went through, but it's definitely still, like, oh, Bonnie and Clyde, like, aren't they glamorous? Like, look at what they did. Um, But I haven't seen the movie, and now I want to. So
1: Mm. I might have to watch that this
0: week. Yeah, Netflix. It's on Netflix?
1: I feel like it was at some point. Mm. I can't say if it's still on now.
0: Mm. It's probably on, like, Amazon Prime or something, too.
1: Yeah, probably somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, like, one of those stories that people like talking about over and over because it's, like, wow, it's, like, so adventurous and, I
0: don't
1: know, a lot of people are probably bored and want some adventure, but then it's, like, but then you die in your 20s or 30s, so.
0: (laughs) You also get battery acid on your legs. Yeah. So, (laughs) no. (laughs) Yeah. It's, like, the whole, like, it seems, you know, it's the whole grass is always greener. It seems glamorous and exciting Mm -hmm. and then you're, like, oh. This is not what I thought it was going to be. You have to to eat
1: sardines and bathe in rivers. Sometimes you don't want to bathe in a river.
0: I'd be fine with the sardine bit. It's the bathing in a river where I'm like, no. (laughs) No.
1: I mean, if they got some lettuce and stuff, they could make like a Caesar salad with that. But I don't Mm. know if they had lettuce.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If they'd only had sardines, I'm sure they did not have lettuce. (laughs)
1: Oh wait, I'm thinking of anchovies. Yeah. Oh, what's the difference? Their know.
0: anchovies are like smaller and saltier. Sardines oh, are like they're
1: even
0: bigger. Smaller. Yeah. I used, okay. I used to eat <laughs> sardines with my dad. Like we'd have like a sardine sandwich or something. Like on Sunday afternoon, and the smell would just drive my mom and sister mm. out of the house so my parents like those too like the
1: cans or mm-hmm. jars like yep. they give it to me sometimes and i'm always like i'm not going to eat this but thank <laughs> you <laughs> yeah
0: i haven't had sardines yeah. in years though but they're good if you like yeah, they're
1: good for you yeah like oils or whatever
0: if you like anchovies or if you like if small fish don't freak you out try yep. one
1: yep <laughs> and that's the moral we hope you guys get from our episode
0: <laughs> Try sardines.
1: <laughs> Brought to you by big sardines. No. Yep.
0: no. <laughs> try it. You might. What is my dad? My dad always says, try it. You might like it. That's what I grew up with.
1: <laughs> That's
0: funny. To this day, some things he offers me and I'm like, dad, I've tried it. I don't like it. Like, no.
1: I've tried the sardines and I know what they're like.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I from- know what to for me, it's nuts, because, like, all my family mm-hmm. loves nuts except for me, so he's always like, try a nut. I'm like, no. We've been over <laughs> this. It's been 29 years of this. I don't like nuts. <laughs> like, none? There are so many kinds. I don't like, like, I don't mind soy nuts, but I love peanut butter, but it has to be creamy peanut butter. I don't like the chunky peanut butter, because mm-hmm. it's the texture. And people are particular about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, for that battle, I'm on That's the smooth okay. peanut butter. <laughs>
1: That's what being like an adult is all about. Mm-hmm. You can buy what peanut butter you want.
0: Yeah. I can.
1: <laughs> That's all I have.
0: So, I guess we can move on to our OY of the week. Yeah. All right, do you want to go first?
1: Okay. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't really have a good one for this week. I mean, just kind of usual life things that can be annoying sometimes. I'm finding gardening annoying. <laughs> um like I've never really been a big gardener. Like I helped my dad a little bit growing up with like his little vegetable garden or whatever, but like uh living in a house and having a little bit of lawn and grass and stuff. It's like wow, we need to actually know about flowers and what to plant where and what month to plant and <laughs> so it's like oh my god there's so much involved but it's uh weeding is a good exercise Mm -hmm. i found that out carrying a watering can around is also a good exercise but i want things to live (laughs) and it's hard
0: yeah also watch out for poison ivy
1: (laughs) oh yeah yeah dave thinks there might be some either on uh the side or back Mm -hmm. of like somewhere but not super close to the house at least but he thinks he did see something. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that stuff is no joke. It's no, mm. it's no joke. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're allergic. Yeah, it's definitely good to know. And some people don't know if they're allergic until they actually, like, accidentally get it or, like, touch it and then they right. get it on their skin and then they're like, oh, I'm allergic. This is not good.
1: So, like, it affects everyone, but if you're
0: allergic, it's even worse? Yeah. Or something? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yep. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. No. I've never had it, but because growing up, my mom would garden and my stepmom garden. So, like, they've told me horror stories about poison ivy and poison oak. And
1: because I don't
0: think – I don't think my mom's allergic to it. I think my stepmom is. But my mom would just, like, complain and just be like, this damn poison ivy is in the back. And she's accidentally, like, touched it a few times and gotten it on her skin. And then it's just, like, can't touch anything because it'll just, like, spread. Right. So,
1: yeah, I mean, usually you have like the gardening gloves, but mm-hmm. you could still get it on other parts of your body. Yep. Like Probably a lot of people don't garden in the summer and like long sleeves and pants. You no, know?
0: you yeah. should. You should get one of those like thermal shirts, I think that are good <laughs> yeah. for like like that little kids wear yeah. when they go to the beach that keeps them cool, but they're long mm-hmm. sleeve. That's what I need. <laughs> mm.
1: Like the ones that have some kind of SPF mm-hmm. or sun protection or something.
0: Yeah. Just yeah. as an extra, like, layer. Mm, that's true. Might yeah. not be the worst thing to invest in. <laughs>
1: I'll add it to my list of things to buy. <laughs> <laughs> I have a list. <laughs> so, yeah, that's basically the
0: whole thing. Gardening. Nice. I'm excited to... <laughs> but I'm to... staying
1: optimistic.
0: I'm excited to eventually see your garden at one point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have, like, three plants... We did get new shrubs that look pretty cute for the front door. There Mm -hmm. were like two that were there when we moved in but I guess they didn't survive since last year. So um, we put in two new shrubs and they're pretty cute. They're still doing okay for now.
0: Yay! That's good.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Alright. So let me think. My oi of the week um, actually is a mixed good and frustrating oi. Um, I got a new job, so, yay. yay, but with my new job comes me having to buy a whole new wardrobe, <laughs> the- oh, <really? laughs> because, um, I will say that I work at a college, and I am moving to another college that is a Catholic college, so they're very oh. conservative, and my wardrobe is more of a laid-back college wardrobe. <laughs> Like, I can't wear jeans. um I can wear like dress pants or like nice shirts, but I went through my wardrobe a little bit over this past weekend because I found out about the job on Thursday and I realized that I have to not only purge a lot of stuff that I don't wear anymore, but I now have to go out and buy stuff that's more oh, okay. conservative appropriate. So it's like a yay because I'm excited about the new job and yeah. everything, but it's also like a I have to buy a whole new wardrobe. <laughs> Great. That's fun,
1: though. And... I mean, it's definitely easy to find, like, work clothes. Mm-hmm. There's always some kind of work business section in a store.
0: Yeah. So I think I'm just going to, like, go to Macy's next weekend and oh, just yeah. see what I can find. For... Yeah. Because um, yeah, I
1: definitely have blouses and yeah. slacks.
0: Yep. The good news is we'd only be in the office two days a week. So okay. I could get away with, like, you know, the Zoom the Zoom outfits mm. of, like, you look nice, like, above, and then you wear, yeah, like, yeah, whatever yeah. for pants. Okay. But it's still just daunting of, like, oh, and I should also get a new wardrobe anyway because, like, a lot of the clothes I didn't wear this year because COVID or mm-hmm. I've just realized I need to get rid of them. So that's kind yep. of why it's an oi because it's, like, yay, it's super exciting, but it's also, like, I have to go through my wardrobe and I have to go through it anyway because I'm moving. So it's yeah. just, like,
1: oh, yeah, that's true,
0: pushing it up a little mm-hmm. bit sooner, but it's still, like. All right, I guess I have to like yeah. brave the world and go shopping.
1: It's kind of good to do like once a year, once every other year. And good, mm-hmm. like, anyway, like, what can I donate? Yep. What should I just toss? Like, I've kind of had to do that recently too. Like, I haven't worn actual work clothes in so long. So it's just like going through outfits, like, what doesn't look good? Like, what do I not really like anymore? Mm hmm. So it's good to do it anyway, kind of like a cleansing thing or whatever.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's also, and it feels good too, when you're just like, oh, I'm getting rid of this. Like somebody else can use it. Getting
1: rid of the vat baggage from my old employer,
0: (laughs) my clothes. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. This shirt
1: reminds me of this day.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Also like. Some of my shirts are just so old because I've had them for like Mm -hmm. two or three like seasons and I've used them consecutively. So it's like I need to just let it go and get rid of it and find something else. So and also I just own a lot of sweatshirts. Like I don't know. (laughs) I don't know why I have like Mm -hmm. 12 sweatshirts, but I wear maybe two or three.
1: Yeah, I know because
0: you don't want to get rid of (laughs) it. So it's like going through those. No, because what if you need it? And they're comfy. (laughs) But, of course, like, this time of year with the summer, it's, like, I don't need a sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm, um, like, yep. no, I don't need a sweatshirt.
1: Which sweatshirt gives you the most
0: joy? <laughs> and what gives you the least amount of joy? You could Marie Kondo it. I could. Because I'm trying to think of, like, I definitely go through phases of, like, oh, I really like this sweatshirt. But then it's, like, I really like this one because they're just cozy. So it, dep- it depends on my mood, too, I've realized. yeah. Also, like what's near, like what's really close to where I'm standing, and I don't have to like go search for it. Yeah, that kind of helps like beat everything out. So, right. But yeah, so that was my that was my oy of this week of excitement and also like yeah oh boy <laughs> another thing to I'm add to my list. For you. Thank yeah. you. I'm excited too. <laughs> I hope everything just works out and it's a good fit, mm-hmm. and I hope I survive training.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to episode 13 of Oi with a Terror already. Um, As always, we release episodes on Thursdays, and you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and more. Um, You can follow us and like our posts on Instagram. And our name is uh, Oi with the terror already. If you have any listener suggestions or ghost stories or anything crime related you'd like to tell us maybe not that like you just committed a murder because you should probably tell the police that you can email us at away with the
0: terror already at gmail.com. Thanks again, everyone. Again, we're also really excited to have some more new listeners. And we hope that you keep telling your friends.